Welcome back to Artist Life Podcast. A little bit of housekeeping before I get into the quick thoughts for today. And um, I want to talk about the guest situation. Because I think I mentioned last time, like, oh, I've got some promising leads and whatever. And just to be transparent about what the process is right now for me or what's been going on, uh, I have reached out to a couple people that I thought would be interesting guests. And I just never got an answer. Uh, So... Uh, I can only assume as to why that is, because I didn't get an answer, I I won't ever know. Um, And someone else I was trying to coordinate with just uh, didn't end up getting back to me about a time that worked. So, uh, I definitely don't want to give the impression that, like, I'm going to try and have the schedule thing where it's going to be every other week. Yes, that's what I would like. But, um, I also, in order for that to happen, I don't think I can stay local. Uh, because apparently it's way more difficult than I thought it was going to be to even get an answer from people whether or not they'd even be interested, let alone have people um, interested in doing it and actually show up and follow through with appointments and stuff like that. So, um, I still do eventually need to research uh, possibly doing this thing through Skype and figuring out the audio quality and all that stuff. It's just honestly... I really enjoyed where I was at already, trying to figure out a new format, and, uh, you know, I just realized it was lacking doing it by myself. I really enjoyed the conversation with someone else so much. Um, It was more fulfilling when I was doing it before uh, with a partner every week, and we didn't have guests, and we didn't need guests, and since I've been doing it alone, I found I really am not getting as much out of it as I thought. That does not mean that I want to stop doing it. I still get something out of it. But I need to figure out a way to make it more fulfilling for myself and also something that people actually would want to listen to um, as well. But really it's about what am I going to get out of it Um, and and how do I feel about the quality of the podcast and and what am I learning, basically. And so I I do need to figure something out to maybe get some more long-distance guests because I have my community is basically based in, in Saskatoon and Saskatchewan. Whereas here, despite being here for three years, I haven't really reached into the art community and networked and done all this other stuff. Whereas I was in Saskatoon for so long and I went to, you know, I did my university program there. There's a couple people that I met that I stayed in touch with. Also, just I have friends there that that are artists of one nature or another, people I've worked with on projects. Um, So that just might be a thing that I need to do. And I can obviously reach way more people and ask way more people and get a better ratio of... Um, answers and also um, affirmative answers, I guess, positive answers. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But that's where that is for housekeeping. Uh, I don't really want to talk about when guests, like, I just don't want to bring up guests anymore and tell, like, hey, I have a guest this week and we're going to have an interview and have a conversation or whatever else together. Um, so that's where I'm at with that, just so you know. Quick thought. For today, uh, someone had asked me um, on the Instagram when I when I put forth a thing on my story about hey, you want to ask me some questions so I can answer them on this podcast. Um, someone asked me what is a piece of art that I would own, and immediately I thought of I don't know how to pronounce his name. Unfortunately, Lev Kessin is what I'm going to say. L E V, and then last name K H E S I N. Um, you can search him up, find him on Instagram and, and elsewhere. Uh, but he makes these amazing pieces that are like silicone and like pigment. And it's just like, they're not that big. Like, I don't know, I don't know what size it like 12 by 16 or maybe 16 by, I don't even think they're 16 by 20, 
but um, everyone that I've seen has been in like portrait orientation, and it's just like if you think of like a Gerard Richter, if you know anything about his work, just like like a squeegee that pulls down paint. Except this stuff is so smooth, like the majority of them, like the pigments, like pure pigment that he's using with the silicone and stuff, like it's just so smooth and it just like comes down and colors like blend into one another and they're just so rich and beautiful and the thing is like the edges are all a mess and he leaves them just thick, just they were like globbed on and then obviously they dry, but oh, that's, that's a piece, like so many of them are just so amazing and they're like simple yet i mean the process and whatever else i don't know really much about but um looking at them it just it's almost like a color field type abstract and it's just like i just get so much enjoyment out of looking at one i want to touch them so bad like they're so smooth except for like like so the edges just like thick 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 globs of, of just like extra silicone and stuff and it's just, oh, amazing. You should, you should look up his work. Um, one of his pieces, that, that would be what I would like to own above anything else I can think of right now. Um, just amazing things that they're sexy. That's They're sexy abstract paintings. Like, like I said, I, I want to touch them. Like, part of me wants to eat them. Like, they're just so beautiful and just, I can easily get lost in that space. And it's like a calming effect. Um, that they have for me anyway when I like I just get drawn deep into it like it's it's not because it's a lot of crazy detail or anything either it's just an amazing amazing work so that's that question right there um, quick quick and easy so I'm gonna get into the essay here and we're gonna be talking about uh, a Chuck Close quote that I need to bust out my phone here for to to uh, look at that quote and I can tell you it in its entirety but Part of it, the very beginning of it, that, that at least people have, you know, um, edited and omitted maybe other parts of it, is inspiration is for amateurs. So I'm going to start there, and then I'll give you the full quote after. <clears throat> this was a quote that I did, I didn't know Chuck Close was at all until I was doing my internship um, at a high school, and there was an art teacher there, and I don't remember what we were talking about, but I had this idea um, of like having like an, an artist journal um, and that I wanted to provide like things for them to think about, questions to ask and answer and um, sometimes like have quotes on the board that they could like maybe agree with or disagree with and tell me why and just to get people thinking about what is art because that was like the one unit that I made um, like from scratch at that time it was like what is art? Let's talk about that before we do any art. Let's talk about what art is and explore that and have conversations about it <clears throat> and ask them that like throw that back at students and say like you tell me what art is what is art to you like what do you think of when you think of, of art and let's also challenge that but inspiration is for amateurs uh, the rest of us to show up and get to work that's pretty close to verbatim from what I've seen and yeah so one of my co-op teachers brought that quote to me or there was a poster or something and we had a discussion about it and I just loved it. I really enjoyed it. And I enjoy it more now than I did then. But I wanted to talk about that quote because it's a very polarizing quote. Again, that is omitting whatever, whatever came before it. I've never seen any of that. But there is like a fuller quote that comes after that. That a lot of people either just ignore or haven't ever read. Or it doesn't matter to them. It's not relevant. But um, 
that yeah that first part so I, I use that in the classroom and I've gotten some great feedback from that not all of it I agree with but that doesn't matter it, it got students thinking about it and I think that I don't know I'm on both sides of that fence and I guess I mean it's not a fence but uh, I definitely feel like so again the quote is inspiration is for amateurs the rest of us just show up and get to work I can appreciate both, if there's only two sides or whatever, like I can appreciate both sides of it. Let's start there. So when it says inspiration is for amateurs, the way I interpret that is is that in a way that I understand, like I get it and I agree with it. Um, when I think of that, I think of people just sitting on Pinterest looking at what other people have done in order to inspire them to do the same thing. Or like, oh, I'm looking for a craft to do today. What have... Let's look at some of my boards on Pinterest or something or or just go looking on Instagram or, or wherever. Just typing in search words of like cool, crafty things. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what people do because I've never done that. That is a thing that I've never done. Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of what I think of when people are looking for inspiration. Because I think like you don't look for inspiration. That's the thing. So again, this is just my interpretation of the quote, right? I've not talked to Chuck Close and asked him what he meant and maybe he wouldn't tell me anyway but you know inspiration is for amateurs if I interpret it as you know looking for inspiration um, that I think is something that's definitely if we want to call it for amateurs or for maybe someone who I wouldn't deem as a quote-unquote real artist because I'm just elitist and whatever and I have talked about my definition of an artist before and my thoughts and they're more open than they've ever been but um, if you're looking and seeking for inspiration, that means you don't have any that's coming from you, is how I interpret it. So, you're getting ideas elsewhere, and then comes in the question of originality, and how do you talk about things. We talked about appropriation recently, right, and remix culture and stuff like that, um, and so I don't really want to repeat my thoughts on that, but there has to be, you know, some original thought somewhere along the line, and... If you're seeking, if you have to go out of your way to seek for inspiration, that gets me thinking about, well, okay, you're wanting to know how other people have done things, why? So that you can, you're like, oh, that's a great idea, like, I'll adopt that. Like, I don't know, like, I've seen things other people have done, and I've adopted some of those things into my practice in a way or another, like, um, but it, it, I've come across them by accident. It hasn't been, I'm going to research a cool way to do X, Y, Z, like, no. One thing that pops into my mind right away is that um, there's just an artist that I followed from Vancouver. They're amazing, amazing artists. One of my favorite artists that does graffiti ever. Uh, and they started using vinyl records. And I thought that was a brilliant idea because it was like they're cheap. Like there's dollar bins, right, of, of vinyl records that I could go and get. And it's like a smaller whatever. Like it, was, it seemed like a very accessible platform in the way of... of saleability like um that that i think that like oh if i was going to do some graffiti on canvas or whatever it might cost too much for what it really is or how i can make it and it's not as accessible to a buyer so i was like oh man that's a really great idea it's like why not do it on there um to me i guess that that's something that i just lifted like oh someone did that so i guess i could do that too but it wasn't like I'm copying their letter structure or whatever else. It was just like, that's a great idea. Like, why don't I try that? Um, I mean, that that's where I stumbled upon something and it became inspired, if you want to use that word, to create some of my art or try my hand at doing my own stuff 
on that as a canvas instead of traditional canvas or boards or masonite or whatever. Um, so take that for what you will. <laughs> but it, it's, yeah, it's more for me when I interpret like someone is seeking out inspiration because they have none. They don't have a desire, I guess, of something they already want to make and how to make it and what to do and how to do it and where to do it. Like, just the act of seeming to, the, the act of seeking out, not, no, like, researching how, researching a process is very different than, I've got an idea and I want to realize that idea. How do I go about that? To me, that's way different than saying, I have no ideas. I want to be creative, but I am not, is basically what that says to me. It's like, being creative is something I really feel like is intuitive. I don't think that is a skill. Like, you use skills in order to express your creativity, but creativity in itself, I don't think is a skill you can learn. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying you're either born with it or you're not, but I mean, people's personalities, I believe, change. Character traits can change, just like habits and actions can change. Um, or taste buds, I mean, physiological things change for one reason or another over time. Um, and this is one of those things that maybe you didn't realize you were creative, even if we don't say that things change. Maybe you didn't realize you were a creative person until something sparked that, right? But I mean, the creativity aspect to me is also the idea aspect, the inspiration aspect, the, the desire to want to create. Um, I don't really think that's something you can just, like, either you have that or you don't. I think some people like the idea of being creative, and that is why they seek inspiration in order to do things. There are some people, like I said, it's not about researching a process, because I could say, you know, I've got this crazy idea, but I don't know how to, like, let's say I was gonna, I wanna make a movie. I've never made a movie before. What do I do? It's like, how do I do this thing? Like, people do it all the time, let me research the process. But the idea is already there. How the idea gets expressed is different than having the idea. And we can go from there into like Andy Warhol and other people and executing stuff and being a technician and having the hard skills. But to me, again, concept is king or concept is queen, whatever. Concept is key. So that is, that, that is the thing. It's like if you don't have the concept and you're borrowing the concept from somebody, what is that? Because I get inspired by things that I see or I read or whatever. To me, it's different than borrowing. This goes back to appropriation and remix culture and, and or just originality and getting ideas from somewhere. Um, I'm reading a book, right? And then in that book, something happens. I'm like, wow, like, I want to express that happening, that scene, that event in a visual way. I think that it just, it really inspired me. I just want to represent that visually. I've read it or like it's in a movie and I want to put it in, in a 2D form or I don't, I don't know. There's times that happens. Like music inspires me all the time. There's poems that have inspired me. There's lines from from either music or books or whatever that have inspired me uh, to create it in my own way. It's for me to express that, it's not even expressing that idea, it's expressing my feelings about that idea. Um, but having to search for the idea in itself is just such a different thing. So that's how I interpretate, interpretate? How I interpret that, um, that first part of that quote of inspiration is for amateurs. Um, I, I really think that it's not 100% accurate with what he was trying to express, and we'll get into that, because he says that um, the rest of us just show up and get to work. So what does that mean? What does showing up and getting to work mean? Um, I've had conversations with other people about this quote, and I, I 
would say that it really has to do with process is finding the work in the process. And again, I'll read the whole quote in a bit too, because I think that's a little more revealing. Um, but this is the part that's so polarizing. I think the rest kind of clarifies things a little bit, but, uh, maybe I should back backtrack one second. Yes. Inspiration is necessary, but again, it is inspiration that you, 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 you just, you have an idea because you're a creative person that wants to create something. You want to make something that burning desire is within you and something in your life, an event, a memory, an interaction inspires you and you want to express that feeling that you got or whatever it's you know inspiration needs to happen in order to want to express well no like in order to want to express a specific thing i have a desire to express just express period all the time and i think we'll get into that um that's there but i mean the majority of the time i'm trying to express a very specific thing and sometimes it's not specific and like i said we'll get into that um but again inspiration is somewhat necessary to to create something otherwise what are you doing and again, we'll get into that. But anyway, so um, the rest of us just show up and get to work. So, okay, what does that mean? That means that maybe the idea is found in the process. That that what you're, the art is found in the process, or whatever. That like, hey, it's all about process. And that's difficult for me because I feel like I've had strong ideas for a really long time that I've wanted to realize through creating visual art, or realize through writing, or resolve, or express whatever words you want to use. Um, but the idea that that thing can be found in the process, that was a little bit challenging to me. Like I said, I liked the quote immediately because I was like, yeah, um, you don't need to seek out like inspiration. Like that should be coming to you. That should be natural. That's part of being an artist is that that's what that is, is that you have that, that fire, that you have that desire in order to express the things you are inspired by naturally. You should not be seeking them out. Therefore, the people that do have to seek that out are the amateurs or not real artists or what have you. So when I first heard that quote, I liked it for that reason. Um, the rest of us just show up and get to work. It's like, yeah, I just show up and I work. I get to work on the thing that I was already inspired by is how I was interpreting that. I, I show up and, and get to work on what I've already thought about, right? Um, the idea that exists before I show up in the studio. And that has changed. So... I'm going to read the rest of this quote now, because I think this is, this is the time for it. Um, so, again, Chuck Close. Inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us just show up and get to work. If you wait around for the clouds to part and a bolt of lightning to strike you in the brain, you are not going to make an awful lot of work. All the best ideas come out of the process. They come out of the work itself. So, that... Um, that's where things can get a little tricky. So, when it says, if you wait around for the clouds to part and a bolt of lightning to strike you in the brain, you are not going to make an awful lot of work. So, let me speak to that a little more, because I feel like I already did. But, um, it's not about waiting around. Like, for me, I just don't need to wait around. Like, I have lists and lists and lists of things I want to express. I have ideas written down on my phone. I've got hard like copies of paper I like like I've, I've written on of like things I want to talk about um, so it's not like I'm waiting around um, <clears throat> so when he says that I'm like okay so he clarifies that it's not about the people searching for stuff right uh, but in a way it's like if you don't already have the idea and you have to go search I don't know so I mean there's ambiguity there in a way again how I interpret it just based off of the first line which is the only one that I that I saw for years 
uh, is different, and this clarifies a bit. So, yeah, he's right. You're not going to get a lot of work done if you're sitting around waiting for inspiration. To me, that also means, like, yeah, you're not going to get a lot of work done if you're spending a lot of time, like, researching things to do or getting ideas. Like, those ideas should be there. But, in his quote, he's talking about how, you know, maybe those ideas aren't there. The best ideas come out of the process, is what he says. Um, so, to kind of read that again. Um, all the best ideas come out of the process. They come out of the work itself. So for some people, the work um, is a lot of concept and a lot of mental stuff. And for me, I feel like that's 50% of my work sometimes. It's less of that than it used to be. Before, I was making more stronger concept-related work. So I had an idea, and I had to think, how am I going to realize that idea? What does that idea even mean? What am I trying to express? What is it really? Let me think about this. Let me feel this for a bit. Let me write about it. Let me really sit on it. And... What is this going to invoke in other people? There's going to be an audience for this. There's going to be an exhibition. Most likely there's going to be a body of work expressed. Blah, 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 blah. I really need to think this thing out. That was 50% of the work for me. Um, and some of it was very informal and casual. Just the act of reading or the act of, you know, um, living, I guess. is, is That's weird to say. But the act of living could be just, like, part of it. Uh <sighs> I just, I find inspiration, again, sometimes just in my experiences, and I don't need to research my experiences. Now, you can put work into understanding your experiences, and that could be part of it. He's talking about the best ideas come out of the process and the work itself. What he means by the work itself, I think, is the physical process of working, from my understanding of, of, of him. The physical process of working, the best ideas come out of there, I... Don't know if I would agree, but I completely understand, and I've had some really great ideas while I've been working. The past couple of years, since moving to Lethbridge, I think it's been really accelerating for me that I've gone back to this quote a bunch, I understand it in a different way, and it has pushed me and challenged me and made my, my artistic practice and process different. Um, just the way that it hits me now, the way I think about it, and, and what I do with that information. I find that I am coming to the studio with less ideas and still getting work done. And to me, those ideas are more about experimenting. I find that my art is a little more playful. And when I say experimental, I mean on a low scale, like I'm experimenting with mediums, I'm experimenting with process, um, not not in an extreme way, like, I'm going to create a new style of art, I'm going to create a new way of making a painting. It's just, like, I'm experimenting with things, I'm not using brushes as much or whatever, I'm using different things or different, you know, mediums together and combining, like, I don't know, I don't think anything I'm doing is revolutionary in here or incredibly original. It's just that I just don't sit with the same process for very long when it, when it comes to abstracts. With portraits, I don't do them enough, and, I mean, they change over time, but it's, it's less of an exciting change and less of an obvious one. Um, but yeah, with abstracts, I, I'm just, I've been more open to experimentation in the past couple of years. Um, and I've also noticed, I think, that I feel like, okay, I don't want the stuff to be repetitive or get stale. Um, and when I'm using paintbrushes or whatever, for some reason, it's just gotten that way. And I'm moving away from that kind of consciously. And I'm scared to go back to paintbrushes, honestly. 
um, because I don't want it to be so similar to things I've made in the past um, because those, I think I've grown beyond that a bit now and some of those paintings I still really enjoy and love and think that they're quality paintings and I still uh, stand behind them as good work. Um, but I found that just with this quote and just with how I've been in the studio, having a studio space might be part of it too. But just me maturing as a person and artist that I feel way more playful uh, in the studio. I feel like I can push things um, in a casual way, in a fun way, without pressure, because I don't have as many concepts. So the ideas that I have are not the same as before. The ideas that we're talking about when he says like the best ideas come out of the process... Their idea is really about the work. I think some ways I'm making more art about art than I used to, but it's done in a different way. Um, before, when I when I talk about making art about art, it was thinking about you know color combinations, um, using textures in certain ways. Again, experimenting with certain mediums, uh, things like that, and just like really enjoying the art making process. Just the act of making the art itself was so enjoyable and and necessary I guess too but it, it was a very positive still is a very positive thing um, and the concepts just aren't necessary as much as they used to be for me I still like having a concept and the thing is my concepts more are now about feeling and, and less about things that I'm planning the, the concept you're gonna, I still is key for me but it's less than it used to be because I mean now the concept is experimenting and, and having fun now the concept is I really enjoy the process and I really enjoy just physically making art and I don't need an idea to do that. I don't. So it's not necessarily that I'm finding great ideas of, of these strong concepts that I'm expressing, these grand like um, messages and whatever through working on it. I feel like I still, when I'm working on a piece, I don't really feel like I find new meaning all the time. It doesn't happen incredibly often. Um, I'm still feeling something somewhat specific as I'm making the work because, as I've talked about before, soundtrack and music really advances my work, and my work is kind of based on that rock, and I, I am in a certain mood where I put myself in a certain mood. I mean, this painting that I, I'm looking at at the desk right now, um, that actually, if you're going to watch the YouTube video, uh, I show a little bit of it at the end because I talk about how experimenting sometimes goes awry, um, but uh, all I wanted to do was express olive green and baby pink, because I was wearing baby pink socks one day and have olive green shoes on, and I was like, that's an interesting color combination. I never would have thought to combine those two. They're not really, like, up until that day where I put those on, like, but when I put them on, I still wasn't thinking of it as art. I was just like, oh, this is a nice aesthetic choice. I've never done this before, and let's just do it. Like, I, yeah, I never thought of that. Let's, and then when I was in the studio, I was like, wait a second. This is a painting. Um, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to originally in my head. That's where the, the other thing happens in the YouTube video. But um, it... Uh, it was just an idea based off color, and that was it. There was no concept to it. The concept did come later, but it came because it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. So within that process of creating this painting and it not working out, um, I ended up... Like, I could have done it without music, but I really enjoy music while I work, and it, it's kind of always there. But, I mean, I could have just been like, hey, I'm just mixing my colors. I don't really need to... Um, I don't need to... 
heighten my emotional state or I don't need to really push my my emotions and feelings right now because this is just a a very specific process that doesn't take emotion. I want a specific shade of pink and a specific shade of green and I want to just put them, you know, in a certain composition and that's it. That doesn't take anything from me. Um, so then I, when I, it wasn't working and I got frustrated with it, I changed the music and then the music started to do something and then it started to, everything works together like it normally would for me with an abstract painting at that moment. Um, but I mean, the, the best idea, I mean, I don't, I don't know, the best idea came out of the process. I, I feel like the original idea, I guess this time didn't work, but I mean, I got that idea before the process. I had to come up with more ideas in the process because it didn't work out. And because it didn't work out, the ideas that happened next were naturally had to happen in order to provide a resolution. The music in that aspect was an afterthought of like, okay, well, I just, I need to listen to something and these colors are kind of making me feel like this will be something to listen to. Um, and then I gravitated toward a specific song and then I ended up writing it in, on the painting itself and that will be the title and then whatever else. All these dominoes fell in. Um, other times, again, I, I really don't feel like I find concepts while I'm painting, but that's also because my painting style right now is still very quick. So it's not like I'm sitting with a painting for, for weeks or even days. And I feel like if I'm thinking, you know, uh, of this quote, and it's like the best ideas come out of the process, it's like, man, if I was working on a painting for weeks, I feel like I would naturally, with those colors and with whatever else was going on, I would gravitate towards certain things in making that piece and that the process itself, yeah, would generate ideas as to maybe what it is about. Um, or I would just have new approaches to working on it. Again, the idea is twofold. It's like the ideas I could be having, the best ideas would be the best ways to make the painting, but also the the best concepts. And I don't know what he meant. You know, it could be both or just one or the other. And I don't know. So that's kind of where I'm at with that quote. I feel like, again, it's pushed me to be more playful, more open, um, more willing to take risks less yeah just less serious less about the concept less about coming to i've never it's like writer's block i've never really had it uh, it's just not something like i have so much that i want to express that it's ridiculous and i'll always have something to say which is not always a positive thing um but i just always have something in back there that i like i just have hundreds of ideas of things i want to express visually i'll never i'll most likely never get to the end of these lists that i've made and they're categorized and whatever else um it's just most likely never going to happen with the amount of time i have to work on stuff and in that time i'll have new ideas of new things but it's um it's just become less of me coming to the studio with an idea like i've got ideas on this i've got a little whiteboard here that has like six ideas very small and I'm like, yeah, I want to do those things, but I'm not really feeling that way right now, and I can't force myself to feel that way. So um, I just want to paint right now. What do I want to do? Let me see what canvas I have. Okay, now the colors are coming to me, or the music is informing this thing or that thing. It's just the past couple years, I feel like the majority of the work that I have made has been finding meaning in the process, or at the same time that I started, not beforehand. Um, but again, why this quote is so polarizing or how it can be interpreted or whatever is, is just a, it's a very aggressive statement to say inspiration is for amateurs. 
And because it's so aggressive, I think that's why I lean toward it so much before I even understood it the way that I do now because it had a different meaning for me slightly at the beginning. Because, um, again, how you interpret inspiration, like searching for inspiration or that you don't need any inspiration to create work. And, I mean, you don't. You just need the desire to create the work itself. Or you need to be inspired to be creative, but you don't need to necessarily know what you're going to make before you start making. While you are working, you will have ideas. This is important, and it's something that I do push on to students. And I need to find a better way to do it in the future because it hasn't been super successful. Um, if you've ever watched the movie Finding Forrester, uh, or if you haven't, I'm gonna, it's not like a spoiler, um, but it's, it's something that I relate to this topic because, um, there's a young writer and there's a professional or more experienced writer. They've got like decades in between them. And, uh, he's basically, this is, this is a this young man who finds a mentor and a published famous author. And he's sitting at his house and he's got a typewriter out in front of him for the first time. And he's just, you know, the older Forrester. The, the more experienced writer, he gets to the typewriter and he just starts, just starts typing. And then he looks over at the character Jamal and is like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm thinking. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. That comes later. First we write, then we think. And to me that relates perfectly. He's like, yeah, you, you write first and then leave the thinking for your editing later. Like, we're just writing right now. And things will come to you as you're writing. And he's stuck and he just can't do it. And he says, well, sometimes it helps if we use someone else's words in order to find our own. He gives them a piece of his writing, and then he, you know, Jamal begins just typing out the first, like he's typing out the sentences that he sees in this other, this, this other work that's been completed by Forrester. And he finds his own words, and he begins and creates an original piece after the first, you know, few lines or whatever it is. Um... He just needed that, I guess, piece of inspiration, if you want to call it, that to to end up creating his own thing. Um, I think that still applies to visual art in a way of like, no, you don't need to start. It's not like I I'm, I would ever ask a student I've never had to like, here, here's a painting of mine, or here's a Picasso, or here's you know a Rembrandt. Why don't you start painting it, and then you'll come with your own painting? No, I really don't think that works. But I think. Just start doing something physical. It's about movement. You, if you just sit there, like like it's, you know, his, his quote says, you can't just sit there hoping for a, a lightning bolt of whatever to, to strike you in the brain with this amazing aha moment. Eureka, I've got the idea, the ultimate idea for a painting. That's not going to happen. Um, but if you just start doing something, it's like, hey, I'm just going to start prepping this canvas. Uh, I'm going to start doodling. I'm going to start just even just writing down words or like take a look around, take a walk. And then, I don't know, go experience something. I don't know, come back. I don't know. But I've tried to get students to just do something. Just do anything right now. Even if it's it's not, like, it's not a, your final product. It's not about that. Why don't you just pick a color and, and just start putting it on the canvas, and then maybe you'll figure something out. Or just start, again, doodling in your sketchbook or uh, anything. Anything that will get you physically moving to me with, with painting is really what I think, or it doesn't have to be painting, but with visual art, you are physically moving somehow, in the, physically moving in the act of creating, will help you, I think, into finding what it is you really want to create. And the, the thing is, the pieces change for me all the time while I'm working on them anyway, because I don't have a very specific idea going in. 
I go in with a feeling. Some people have an idea when they go in. But if you don't have an idea, that doesn't matter. You can still go in. You can still go in on it. If you're a photographer, I mean, I don't know. You walk around, you start taking photos, and maybe you'll figure something out. Um, I don't think the answer is to go look at other photographers' work. I think that's dangerous practice. Anyway, I feel like I've kind of covered all I can cover in that aspect right now. Um, but I, I really love this quote. I, I really believe in the in the challenge that it can can present to somebody, whether they're an artist or not, but especially if you are an artist or you're doing creative things or, or what have you. Um, I really enjoy the responses that I've gotten as I presented that to students because some people were very aggressive <laughs> when they were like, no, 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 F this guy. Of course you need inspiration. And, and then they gave me a whole page as to why, and I really loved that. Um, like I said, I, I feel certain ways about it and, and just depending on interpretation, but I, I really... I really think that it, it, it can push you in your practice depending on where you are at in your practice. Um, with that, uh, I'm going to get into the epilogue. Um, and a question that somebody asked me was, what is the best piece of advice someone has given you? Uh, what is the best piece of advice someone has given me uh, about my art? Uh, was How it was framed, as it should have been. Uh, so yeah, what is the best piece of advice I've been given in an art context? And it was go bigger. And it was uh, Graham Fowler, uh, my senior painting professor at the University of Saskatchewan where I did my BFA. Early on, I mean, I don't know what it was specifically. Like, I mean, he's, he was an experienced painter who actually worked very big, but he wasn't, you know, at that time or now, I don't believe he was working on non-objective or abstract work. He was doing um, landscapes, uh, a lot of foliage, greenery, water, those types of things. I haven't delved into his whole uh, CV and, and looked at all his work ever, so I don't know if he's ever fooled around with non-objective and abstract work that I was doing at the time. But he did to see something and told me, go bigger. Like, I think he told a lot of people to go bigger, um, which isn't a bad thing, but I really feel as if for some reason he focused on it with me um, more so than others. I'm assuming it's just because something he saw, right? Like, I don't think he told everyone to work bigger, but he did tell a lot of people to work bigger. He did tell me why, and I think he was totally right. And I still, I wish I worked bigger than I work now for that very reason. Um, and that's, that, this little motion of the wrist is a little different than full body, like full arm extensions, like whatever. Being able to move like that, just, it opened me up so much. It opened up my work and it became, I feel, much better and much more suited to my style and what I like to produce. I would like to go very large. Um, much, I mean, I don't mean necessarily like whole buildings and murals like that right now. I still feel like I'd want to be able to, you know, I, I don't even know. Like, I really, it, it's hard for me to figure out how big would I really want to go. Like, I still, you know would like to maybe work on canvas, just really big canvas that could cover uh, the whole width of a, a, of a wall that is, I don't know, bedroom size, whatever a bedroom size would be. It depends on how rich you are, I guess. Um, but I mean, like 10 foot pieces would be amazing. You know, ten, five by 10 feet or something like that. Like, uh, things like that would be great. Um, so the, but that, that just opened up my work so much and it pushed me for my exhibition uh, for my like BFA exhibition, I had to create bigger work, and I was like, well, what am I gonna do? And I went and I found like 
I went to Habitat Restore, this place in Saskatoon that just has a lot of like used like windows, doors, like hardware stuff, like a lot of different stuff. And uh, I found like windows and I found doors and I used those to create my work. I, I found some big boards and stuff and like, because uh, I couldn't afford canvas that big. So it really pushed my work for that exhibition a lot because man, yeah, working bigger is good. So now how do I do that on this scale for this exhibition? And I made some pretty cool stuff that I've never done since then or before. It just hasn't happened again. Um, but it made a huge difference. Even now, if I am going to work small, I work differently small than I would have before that piece of advice of like, go bigger, go bigger. And it's something that I tell a lot of students too. It's like, don't be intimidated by the size. You don't know like what it's going to be like to work on that size. You just think of it as more space to fill. Well, use different mediums, use different techniques. I mean, spray paint is something I use a lot and I use it a lot to make a background quicker and, and like cover the space in a more convenient, fast, efficient way. I also just love spray paint and the consistency of it and the colors and everything else. Um, but it, it's just like, yeah, you use different a different process. You don't have to use a tiny little brush on a huge canvas. Depending on what you're making, I mean, you're using different stuff. So I think that it's, I, I mean, I push students to go bigger too, to explore that, to see if it is something you like. You just, that it, I don't know, just being intimidated by the size and all the space you need to fill isn't a good reason to not try it because you might find it easier to work. I find it easier to fill a bigger space than it is to fill a small space because I feel like, what am I going to do in this small space? It's going to be, how do I make it simple enough yet interesting enough? Um, and it's, that's a challenge that I would like to, to like give myself and work on some really small stuff, but it's definitely not my go-to style. And obviously things change, you challenge yourself, you, you, do things that, that will advance your work. But definitely pushing me to go bigger was the right thing to do, and it that advanced my work very rapidly and made me very comfortable very quickly um, with more challenges rather than feeling like I'm stuck. Um, it is, it, I didn't know what it was about the work I was making that was making it the way that it was. And there's only so much you can do, I feel like. Uh, no, that's, that's not true. I was gonna say there's only so much you can do on a certain, size of thing. No, I think that creativity uh, is endless and you could figure out how to make work. I mean, if you worked on, well, what's, I don't remember his name right now, um, but I mean, he does these nine by nine paintings. He's been doing them for years and he still finds a way to make something that he didn't make before. And a lot of them do look similar because he has a very distinct style, just uses a different color palette but sometimes there's different textures and stuff like that. But I really feel like you can make radically different things over the course of years or decades on a very small size canvas. I think it's possible, but it's definitely not for everybody. And I find it way more intimidating now to work small than it is to work big, because I just think of like, man, this is a challenge. How am I gonna make an interesting piece of work that is still not too complex for such a small canvas? Um, I like looking at art that is big. I like, again, it doesn't necessarily need to go as big as a mural on the side of a building, even though I do like that. But I mean, I, when I think about abstract works that I really like, I, I do, I, I like looking at something so immense. I feel like it's easier, I don't know, it, okay. It's like listening to soft music loud. It's a feeling that I love. Um, just the other day, you know, Nirvana's something in the way. I had it just so loud and it just hit something in my soul, but it is, that is a soft song. Um, and it, to me, that would be like looking at 
like a Rothko, sometimes it's like, okay, we've got 80% of it could be like one flat shade. And then there's a second, the last 20% is also a flat shade. And that's all that's going on. But it's a massive painting. And it just makes me feel. It just, I, I look at it and I get something out of it. Despite... It's simpleness, it's immense. And so it, it, it just does something. And if I put that into a small painting, like an eight by 10 or something, you'd be like, okay, cool. It's red and navy blue. Um, if it was 30 times the size, maybe I'd like it. Like, um, yeah, I would say that's the best piece of, piece of advice that I've ever had. And if you, uh, if you feel intimidated by working larger, I would just push you to try it. Push you to try experimenting, working on bigger stuff. Getting that range of motion in with your whole arm really just helps. Um, it really just does something. It just makes the work looser. And I, I personally like really loose work. Um, if you like really detail-oriented work, then, you know, that's a whole different thing. But uh, you also can just challenge yourself and expand what you like and expand your skill set and expand your style and whatever else. So anyway, with that, um, this week, that has been my artist life.